Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Murder on Tap. We are your hosts, Allie and Jose. I'm Allie. And I am Jose. And this is Murder on Tap. Welcome to 2020. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. We are your hosts for Murder on Tap. I already said that, but this is a beer and true crime podcast. Your friendly beer and true crime podcast. Friendly beer and true crime podcast where every week we bring you a new beer and a new true crime. We drink it, taste test it, review it, and discuss it, discuss it, recommend it, and bring a whole new true crime every week. I guess I shouldn't say new, but... It's not new, but we discuss a different one every week, which would mean that it is a new discussion every Precisely. week. Precisely. I'm not even sure why I'm giving this whole fucking breakdown. Yes. But anyway, You guys welcome. are probably smarter than we are, so you already got it. It's like our 35th episode or something, and I'm sitting here explaining what the hell this podcast is about. But hey, you already know. it's our 30-something anniversary. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not keeping count. We don't have numbers on our shit, and I don't know. Maybe we should start doing it this, this year. No, you can't just randomly start putting numbers. You gotta yeah, start we'll from the beginning. Put, okay, well, we'll just put, like, season two. Ooh. Listen, I have like OCD. I can't. I can't. All right. We're going to have to go back in and edit everything if you do that. Uh, that would take some time. Yes. But anyway, uh, welcome to 2020 is, is here. Is welcome officially to here. the future. We hope everybody had a great we end hope. of 2019 and have some And we new... hope you put that down payment on that flying car. Yes. And the jetpacks. For sure. Because we're flying around the world now. We've been flying around the world. Well, though. I mean, just individually. I wait. Okay, well. Did you say I wait? No. <laughs> a I little way. bit. <laughs> Hachi machi. It's a, I don't know, a whole decade has gone by since the last uh, census. What? Yes. Okay. And I have to do another census, right? Count you know, some people consider the decade to start on the first, the actually twenty first. Yeah, I read about that too, and I guess I but mean that I is see... ten years from twenty one to twenty ten would be ten years. From twenty twenty to twenty thirty would be eleven years, technically, right? Wait, from twenty ten to twenty. I mean, for 2020 to 2030 would be... That's 10 a, years, isn't it? Uh, I guess. But no. I guess they consider it from the first, as in like 11th to 21st. Are we talking about like from the beginning of time? I guess. Oh, no. Too much. I can't. You're hurting my brain. But anyway. Conspiracy theories. Oh, no. It's, uh, it's good... We have some resolutions set in place. We think you should, too. Just kidding. We're not going to tell you what to do, but it's a good idea. Yeah, do whatever the hell you want. Indeed. And instead of making some, like, we ain't the boss unrealistic, of you. like, resolution, maybe do something that's, um... A little easier. You think you could do it, you know? Yes. Because sometimes people set resolutions really high, and then you feel like a failure because you couldn't accomplish them. After the first month. Yeah, after the first week. <laughs> Which is fine. But, you know, go with something simple. Like, I don't know, start off with uh, making a compliment. 
eat less jelly beans. Sure. Um, <laughs> do a good deed every week or once a month. Stop putting gum underneath tables at restaurants. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Donate. Doesn't have to be money, but you could do clothing. You could do food. Uh, donate your time. Um, Change your underwear every day. That, that's a donation. <laughs> to, that's a contribution to the world. Yes. Yeah, you know, you know, little things. You don't have to go out. Well, you should, probably should, like, you know, like, oh, I got to do some exercise this year or this and that. But, you know. Yeah, don't have to. I yeah. mean, you should. But do it in, do it for the purpose of feeling healthier, not in a sense of I need to get thinner. Because you know what? You look great no matter what. Even though we don't know what you look like. We still love you. Regardless. Yes. We love your personality, the insides, Absolutely. not the outsides. Can I just a little recap? Not a little recap, but just a little... A look a back. News. No, not a look back, but a little, um, a, just a new podcast that I started listening to. It's actually not a new one. It's been around for a while, but... It's new to you. Shit, it's new to me. It's called uh, Swords and Scales. I think I mentioned this last week in my episode, uh, some of the info that I got from them. And let me tell you, it's a pretty cool podcast. Uh, you guys should check it out, Sword and Scale. It's true crime and... Uh, the i forgot his name the it's hosted by mike baudet and he's really cool i like the way he talks and he has a journalistic vibe to it but at the same time it's like a chill vibe um but yeah you guys should check it out sword and scale check it out pretty cool i like his artwork too it's like a doll a picture of a doll that's missing limbs, but anyway. Alright. Yeah. And um if you guys haven't seen it yet, which I'm sure a million people have by now, if not more, um, on Netflix, don't fuck with cats. That shit is wild. Could you say it one more time so it won't sound like you're saying it under your breath? Don't fuck with cats. There you go. Crazy Netflix show, but you guys uh should definitely check that out. It's like a three part uh, series and about an internet wow. killer wow mind blown i have not seen it but this one doesn't stop ranting about it i i mean so it feels like i've seen it you should see it <laughs> 10 times anyways and if you do have cats you know not to fuck with cats oh my god because cats are crazy anyway uh <laughs> so yeah those are my little tidbits for today. Well, there we go. There goes Allie's, uh, Allie's thoughts. Yes, I like that. Allie's thoughts. We should have um, a segment in the beginning. What's Allie's thought of the day? Yes, I'll pick, I'll pick a new podcast and a new Netflix. And I'll present it. And I'll probably forget about this. And we'll probably never do it again. But it's a nice thought. <laughs> Send us your recommendations. Yes. Should we do it or not? Anyway, there we go. <laughs> shall we begin with the beer of the week, Jose? Let's start off with the first beer of 2020. Oh, yeah. It's Last week, there's the, the... 
was the last, last of everything of 2019. The day is the, the first. first. Well, it's not technically the first, it's the seventh, but you know, the first beer. So let's get it crack a lacking. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, sprayed all over my hands. Give me a second. Allie, would you like to talk while I pour? Yes. Uh, I'm excited about this beer. I received it from another friend. And I'm curious to see what it's taking. Ooh, it's so pretty. I can't put it because then it makes noise on the table. Oh, well. For all the click clicking you hear, that is. Or the snoring in the background, which is Lucky. Or the snoring, which is Lucky, our, our dog. Or Murder on Tap mascot. Yes, our Husky Pit mascot. All right. Cheers. Cheers. What a beautiful color. My <clears> goodness. Nice drink. Thank you, Alex, by the way. Thank you, Alex. You're a lifesaver. Mm. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's not bad at all. Wow. Oh, I was yeah. not expecting that. <clears throat> So let me get you delish. This beer, let me tickle your brain cells. Ooh, tickle them. Whoa. So this is a beer from the Santa Monica Brewworks. <laughs> they were established in 2014. Nice. Not too long ago. Oh, we could say six years now. Roughly six years now. Uh, Santa Monica Brewworks is the first and only independent craft production brewery on LA's west side. Nice. They make a variety of brews inspired by their love of craft beer and their love of the city of Santa Monica. President and CEO Scott Francis, who alongside his partners Carl Sharpley and Richard Super... Mm-hmm. That's a cool ass last name. I bet he's super. Mr. Super. <laughs> uh, went through two years of obtaining the required permits and licenses, raising money and keeping up the faith to open Santa Monica Brewworks in May of 2014. Isn't it somebody's birthday in May? Mine! Guess where we're going? To Santa Monica. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, after that, they hired two brewers. Uh, including one who is a local of Santa Monica, Drew Pomati, who has called Santa Monica home for all of his 27 years. Mm, must be nice. It must be. Um, Santa Monica Brewing, uh, Santa Monica, uh, drink, drink, drink. Yes, <laughs> first letter of 2020. <laughs> This beer is so good. Well, on the podcast, at least. I don't want to finish it. Okay, then don't. I'll drink it for you. I'm going to finish it now. So, Santa Monica Brewworks has done great online. And in addition to bars carrying their beers, they can also be bought at the Forum and at Dodger Stadium. So, I think once you make it to Dodger Stadium, you're good distributing, you know? That must be new. Uh, Since when? This was an uh, article I read from October 2019. Oh, shit. Well, no wonder. So it's fairly new. The last time I went was in April of 2019. No, 
It was in May of 2019. Yeah, 2019 at that time, what was on there? Goose Goose Island? No, not even Goose Island. Remember last time I told you we was uh, Blue... Fuck, what is that place called? San Fernando Brew... No, not oh, San Fernando. Not Golden Road. Golden Road, that's Golden right. Golden Road Brewing took over and there's no more Goose Island. We literally walked up and down that's right, <laughs> near yeah. the concession area trying to find fucking Goose Island. Yeah, standing in line for 20 minutes at a time. These poor girls that i was with i dragged them all the way to the front gate because i thought i couldn't find the stands i thought maybe they had them in the front and lo and behold they did not but Beer. it's okay we got some stones and anyway oh there we go um so yes this beer is called oh will they say that santa monica brew works their beer is a uh, beach brewed Ooh. Because it's, you know. I like that. Beachy. <laughs> <laughs> so this beer is called the Inclined IPA. Mm, it's definitely inclined. Inclined to get you drunk. What? <laughs> oh, inclined to tickle your taste buds. Indeed. I think that's like the second time I said tickled in the episode. Word of the day. Drink every time we say tickle. I'm going to say it so many times. Tickle, right. tickle, tickle. Okay, so this beer is a 7.0% alcohol by volume. And it, what are you doing? You're Hi. just waving your finger around the top of the glass. You're trying, to make, trying to make the sound. sound. But it's not working. I don't know if it's because it's beer or if it needs to be water. Anyway, my ADD's kicking in. I don't even, Go I've ahead. never seen that work before. <gasps> you haven't? They make music and then you put different levels of water in it? Oh, who is that guy that does it? Philip? No. Philip Glass? I have no idea. <laughs> the irony of his name is... Are you making... Is this a know, joke? I, I think it's true, but... Um, okay. So this beer is available year-round. Yeah, yeah. Um, color of it? What do you see? Oh, my God. It's so beautiful. It's like this beautiful... Uh, what color would you describe this as? What's the color of beer? Like golden, golden honey. It's a colored. golden, like honey ale color. Mm-hmm. Honey ale color. It's not really a hazy. It's a little hazy, but not it's not mine. like you know. No, I mean it is, but not really. It's a little hazy, but when you see hazy beers, you kind of see, like it looks cloudy. But this yeah, one this doesn't. is no. This is I can see my finger yeah, on it's the like other a, side. It's like a honey, clear honey color. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. It almost looks like. Champagne. I was going to say champagne, but champagne isn't, isn't this dark. Which but one's that just, other champagne? The one with the M? Starts with the M. I want to say Moet or something. Maybe Moet? 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 Mm, Moet? I feel like all champagne Moet? is... I feel like all no, champagne the, is... No, what is that one? The Brute? Isn't that, isn't that darker? Maybe. I don't know. Well, this is not a champagne uh, podcast, so... No, it's not. It's not. It's not even champagne. It's, you know what... It's that, you know when you think of like classic beer, like classic beer being like poured into a poured nice out glass. from a tap. That's what it is. That's what it looks like. Just like a classic clean color. Oh man, but when you taste it, you taste it. Okay, we're getting into the taste. It's beautiful. Smell. Let's go for the smell. Mm. <laughs> it has like a rich. It's like a sweet, hoppy. Definitely hop. Sweet, hoppy, 
fruity, not too fruity, but you know, a little citrus smell. Not too fruity at all. There's something, but I can't put my finger on it. I know what you mean. There's that's, something that's about malt. it. That's, Maybe that's it is the sweet, malt. It's, that's malt. It has a good amount of but malt. But it's a different kind of malt. It's melty malt. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> um, taste. Let's give it a sip. Mm. So good. That's really it's good. like you know, savory almost. This tastes like you're drinking food. Yes. It tastes like a meal. Like, do you know the the sauce that they put like on sushi? Mm-hmm. That sweet sauce they put on sushi sometimes. Mm-hmm. That creamy sauce. Yeah. That's what it tastes like. Which would be the malt. It's amazing. It's a little hoppy, not overpowering hops, or it's it's, it's hinty. It's a hint of hops. It's yeah, and you know what? It has that um it has that bitterness, but not really like it ends sweet. Yeah, because it's it feels like the sweet sticks to the back of your tongue mm-hmm. where the flavor lingers, you know? Oh my god, this is so refreshing. It's really good. Such a good beer. Can you tell the name again? It is uh the Inclined IPA by Santa Monica Brew Works. Delish. Um the can, we got a 12-ounce can. We're sharing a beer. We are. New Year's resolution. So good. Yes. Get two beers of each. What? No. <laughs> My resolution is to cut down on drinking, actually. Well, you're fired from this podcast. No, I mean, on podcast nights, we'll drink. But every other night, I think I should take a break. Or every night. Okay, then you're fired from life. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so let's go. The beer, it looks, literally the label looks like it's a... It uh, looks like a wood panel. It looks like a wood panel, yeah, like a straight up wood panel all around. Uh, Santa Monica in bold letters, Brew Works, Beach Brewed in white letters, Inclined IPA 7.0, alcohol by volume. And of course it has a little statement, quote, saying slogan on the side it says we are santa monica's first and only craft brewery inspired by our love of beer and the city of santa monica we brew great tasting easy drinking craft beer for people everywhere who live or dream the beach brewed lifestyle nice very nice and the ingredients it says it the ingredients are malts two row victory sarah pills carapils maybe I guess those are the malts. Mm-hmm. Turo Victory Carapils. And the hops are Simcoe, Citra, Summit, and El Dorado. Mm. And it says in bold letters with an exclamation point, drink really local. <laughs> I like that. It's very cool. That's very cool. And of course, they're, one of the, they're part of the Brewers Association of Independent Craft. Nice. Certified. Of course. And, uh, yeah. I guess this is, is this a zip code for Santa Monica, 90404? Maybe. Because it says it right there. I'm thinking that would I'm be the zip code, I'm guessing so, right? yeah. If it starts with a nine and... So they're really into their love of Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. Yeah, for sure. That's their hometown. Hey, is there, it's the first and only, you know... That's dope. We should, uh... Producing brewery, so. Can you go to the brewery and, like, 
Oh yeah, they, have, they a, have like a they have location? a brew pub. They have you know you can we go there. We should check that out for and sure. And there's a couple of them. It's not just in Santa Monica anymore. They're they're, they're you know yeah nice. everywhere. So give them a look. Google them. Let them know that you're here because Murder on Tap sent you. Yes. They won't know who the hell you're talking about. But that's but okay. It's okay. Tell them you're a tapper <clears throat> and that Murder on Tap sent you. Last time I went to Denny's and I said Murder on Tap sent me and they said. What? <laughs> Maybe you should leave. Maybe you should go, but you know what? He's a free cheesecake. Does Denny's have beer? They do have beer, I think. <laughs> I think so, but it's just, you know, regular beers. Oh, I never knew that. We're going to Denny's. <laughs> we're going to podcast from Denny's next week. <laughs> In the parking lot, we're going to call ourselves the Saturday Night Denny's Club. <laughs> no. We heard what happened last week. <laughs> I know, sorry. We're going to call it Denny's on Tap. <laughs> um, yes, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So good. I don't know if it's just because I haven't drank for the last two days, but this beer gave me a nice little head change. It's good. It's really nice. And it's light and it's yeah not like, you know, your, that- your IPA, your India Pale Ale that people usually... No. You know, categorize this beer as like, oh, it tastes too bitter to this and that. Too this bitter, is too nice, fruity sweet. or whatever. Yeah, this is sweet. You'll, it's nice. You'll enjoy it. For Give sure. it a try. After you said sipping on it, uh, sipping like beach beer, beach beer. Beach brewed. Beach brewed. It tastes like something that you should be drinking when you're on the beach. Yup. Just on a hot summer day. Not even a hot summer day. You can drink this Any whenever. Any day. That's true. But it is At refreshing. There. Maybe when it's a hot summer day, you want it a little bit colder. Mm-hmm. But regular fridge temperature, you're good. Delish. And thank you. Thanks. That was the first beer of the year. Oh, we should have named it that beer of the year. You know what we should have done last episode? We should have gone and looked back and been like, you know what, let's rate and let's see which one was our beer of the year. We should have. For all you listeners... Send us a DM or a comment on one of the Instagram posts and be like, hey, I think that this was the beer of the year. Agreed. I enjoyed it or I enjoyed what it, the description about it was or... Or if you tried any of them. Exactly. If you, if you, liked, if you drank it and you said, I think this is the beer of the year. For sure. Or what is your beer of the year? Yeah. What is your beer of the year? It doesn't necessarily have to be one we talked about. Mm-hmm. But if it is, we know you're listening. Yeah. And, and if, if it's, it's not, not, we know you're not listening. And hopefully we can try it. And we'll find you. No, we won't. We no, don't don't say that. Not after watching the documentary. I just watched no. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's creepy. We will not find you. We can't. We unless won't. Unless you want to be found. Because <laughs> we got a special set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. All right. I am finished with my beer. Beer, Great. beer, beer. And if you are keeping along with the uh, game we're playing, tickle. <laughs> that was super good, Jose. Thank you. Thank you. And moving on to our true crime portion of our podcast. Yes, which is my part. Yay. Yay me. Okay, so today I'm going to be covering... Um, so while I was watching this documentary called Don't Fuck With Cats, uh, they show this kind of a example of certain 
um, uh, an example of certain serial killers, and I, and instantly I completely had forgotten about these these two, and I decided to actually do my story on them. Let me interrupt you. Yes. I just I just know what the taste is. What is it? You drink this beer, and it has that good flavor of mashed potatoes and gravy. What the fuck? Taste are you? it. Taste it, and tell me you don't think of mashed potatoes and gravy. No. Fuck. But it does to me. I like your enthusiasm. Oh man, I got it. I I can't. Almost. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, you can't Continue. overthink it because it just. Oh, I taste. It's something, oh, but I, I can't. I know. I know. Maybe just gravy. Thanksgiving gravy. No, not even close. You don't even. You haven't even had gravy in years. So. So you forgot what gravy tastes like. Oh. Everybody, grab a. <laughs> Grab a cup of gravy and a, cra- a cup of this beer and sip them together and <laughs> please tell me that it's the same. And tell us that they don't taste the same. Okay, so the Moore's murders was the Moore's. Moore's. Alright. Right. So the Moore's murders was the start of a horrific child killing spree. And you know how it is with children. It's just they don't get. They didn't have a chance. It's so heartbreaking, and especially back in the day. Especially back in the day. I mean, they just. I mean, even then, now too. Not like just back in the oh, day. Yeah, of but course, but now there's a lot more. They're so innocent and helpless, and it's not fair to them. It's not fair to anybody. But to a, a to kill a child is just like so ruthless. Wait, and are we talking about newborn? Or are we talking about just toddlers? Just any kind of child. Any, any, uh, any adolescent from the age of birth to 18 is considered a child to me. You know what well, I mean? Yeah. I mean, I know they're categorized in well, different... Well, 19, 20-year-olds are child, children to me. Yeah, they can be. Yeah. Child-ass, little kids. Anyway. Hi. Okay, so... <laughs> Let's jump into this. So, Ian Brady wanted to commit the perfect murder that would instill fear nationwide. None of it would have been possible without the help of his twisted girlfriend, Myra Hindley. So, who is Ian Brady, you ask? I don't think I did. I think you did. His birth name. (laughs) (laughs) Born as Ian Duncan Stewart, Brady was born... January 2nd, 1938, in Glasgow, Scotland, to Glasgow, yes. Margaret Peggy Stewart, who was a waitress. Uh, his father's identity was never, um, has never been reliably ascertained, but his mother would later claim that he was a reporter for the Glasgow newspaper, and he happened to die three months after Brady was born. So why was his name Brady? You'll see. I'll explain in a little bit. So Brady's violent personality was shaped by an unstable childhood. Unable to properly care for him, Brady's mother placed him in care of Mary and John Sloan uh, when he was only four months old. And they already had four children of their own already. Despite their efforts to make Brady feel like part of the family... um, he remained distant and unable to engage with others, according to an article I found on Thought 
company. Thought Co, I guess I should say. <laughs> Thought. On that note, I got a lot of my research from Thought Co and Wikipedia and Murderpedia. Well, yeah, no, Murderpedia also. Did you ask me to spell Thought Co? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, so it's spelled like Thought, like T H O U G H T uh, C O dot. So I'm guessing it's Thought Company. No, it's not T H O T. You oh, thought. Oh, <laughs> okay. I wasn't confused about it. I just know some of the listeners would be. No, it's Thoughtco, and I find a lot of good articles on them, and I um, I like using their references just because it kind of shortens some of the details, where okay. it's like, Wikipedia is cool, but it goes into like a lot of details sometimes, and you just don't want all of that. So Thoughtco gives you the idea, and then just... Yes, and then I kind of okay. plug in shit, and then if I don't need it... Then you don't use it. Or kind of the other way around. Anyway. Okay. So, despite uh, despite his bad behavior, Brady had an above-average intelligence. He was accepted to Shawlands Academy, a secondary school for above-average students, at the age of 12. He was smart, but lazy. His detachment from his peers and the normal activities of his age group uh, continued and his behavior worsened. By age 15, he left... I don't know why I said it like that. By age 15, he left the academy and had been uh, juvenile court twice for petty burglary. He began working at a shipyard in Govan and just a month later would begin working as a butcher's messenger boy. He would soon be arrested again for a series of small crimes, including threatening his then-girlfriend, Evelyn Grant, with a knife. After she went to a dance with another boy. What? <laughs> She's Sorry. part of Cough Thought Code. <laughs> oh my goodness. So the courts agreed to place Brady on probation instead of reform school as long as he would move back to live with his birth mother. Brady's mother had moved to Manchester and married an Irish fruit merchant named Patrick Brady. That's Brady, where the Brady came in from. would eventually take on his stepfather's last name in an effort to be more of a family unit. With the help of his stepfather, he found a job as a fruit porter at the Smithfield uh, Market. Porter. This was his chance <laughs> to start fresh, but his new beginning would not last long. Brady's loner tendencies remained. His interest in sadism intensified, and within the year of moving to Manchester, Brady was caught stealing. Haha, ha, I wrote caught twice. He was caught stealing a sackful of lead seals. Oh. Yes, because he was still under eight under the age under eighteen years of age, he was sent to a youth detention center. No longer interested in making a legitimate living, Brady used the time of his incarceration to educate himself about crime and Nazi atrocities. He was like, really, like, he would bury himself in books all the time and he would constantly be, like, locked in his room, like, reading, reading, reading and studying, like, during when he was at home. Not, obviously, during this detention center, but, um... And he wasn't really reading the best things, but... Hey, knowledge is power. He was reading. I mean, I don't read the best things, but shit, I'm reading, right? 
So, Brady was released from the detention center on November 14, 1957, and moved back to his mother's home. He hated the laboring jobs, so he decided to better himself and teach himself about bookkeeping. Uh, by the age of 20, he got an entry-level bookkeeping job at Millward's Merchandising. His employees described him as a quiet, punctual, but short-tempered young man. He wasn't much of a chatterbug. You mean chatterbox? Oh, I know, but I like chatterbug. I think you mean jitterbug. No, I want to say chatterbug. Why can't I have the two words combined and make my own goddamn word? I don't know if that's how it works, but Whatever. okay. We'll chatterbox go, we'll go it is. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't much of a litterbug. <laughs> no, litterbug makes sense. A litterbox. <laughs> <laughs> so, one of the secretaries, a 20-year-old... Uh, Myra Hindley had a huge crush on him and Ooh. attempted several times to get his attention. And of course, this guy just didn't give a fuck about anything. He was never paying attention. Bradley, like with others, was disinterested. He just did not care. He didn't even see her. So finally, after a year of constant flirting, Brady would ask Hindley out on a date. And the two were inseparable after that. A little background on Myra Hindley. All right. Per usual. Okay, so Myra Hindley was born on July 23rd, 1942 in Crumpsall, England, to parents Nellie and Bob Hindley. Both of her parents were very abusive alcoholics. Okay. That's her, right. that's yeah, from, from the get-go. Her father was an ex-militarian and a tough disciplinarian. Cookie. Oh. Like my rhyme right there? That's a cookie to crack. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing, too. So, wanting to win her father's approval desperately, Henley would physically confront male bullies at school and often leave them with bruised and swollen eyes. So, he was like, his saying was like, an eye for an eye. And I think at one one point, he... um, Took somebody's eye. Yes. No. So, this one little boy came and, like, I don't know, scratched her cheek, and she, like, ran home crying to her father, and he just didn't care, and he was kind of like, you need to stand up for yourself, basically, like, yelling at her. So, she goes back, and she starts a fight with him. And, and he scratches she, his cheek. She punches him in the face, I think. Oh, okay. And gives him, like, a black eye and shit. Uh, she was not only used to violence in the home, but rewarded for it outside, as she grew older, she gained a reputation as being shy and re- and reserved, so she kind of uh, left that mold behind. Henley was increasingly drawn to the Catholic Church. At age 16, she began taking instructions for her formal reception and had her first communion in November of 1958. Oh. At the age of 17, she was engaged after a short time dating, but would call off the wedding several months later after realizing her fiancé was immature and unable to provide the life she wanted. He was 17, girl. What did you expect? Yeah. After just one day... Straight up. You better relax. (laughs) Not to say that there aren't mature 17-year-olds, but for the most part, you're 17. You don't even know what you want out of life yet. You're still way too young. I don't know. Take your time. There's some of them that do want... That don't know. I mean, I guess, but I think, like, you know, you're still young. Like, enjoy your Just live your life. For sure. Hey, okay. Okay, we're gonna get copyrighted. (laughs) For sure. Uh, 
After just one date uh, with Brady, the two realized they were soulmates and uh, inseparable. I already said that. Their dates consisted of watching X-rated films, followed by drinking German wine at Hindley's house. Mm, German wine. I wonder what that tastes like. Yeah. I'm serious. I wonder what it tastes like. I don't know. That'd be kind of interesting. German wine. You always always hear about, like, Italian or French wines. Yeah, that's true. Or California wines. But you never hear, like, German wines or Mm. wines. I think it was their fascination with the whole Nazi. Or, like, New York wine. You know? Yeah, that's... Right? Yeah, I guess. Continue, please. We're going to have to find some German wine now. So... I'm on it. Hindley quit attending church services when Brady told her there was no God. So she was like, all right. She was so infatuated with him that she believed him and went along with it. And she was like, I don't care. Whatever you say. The two would spend lunch breaks reading accounts of Nazi literature and... um, Nazi atrocities. Hindley, I'm sorry, Hindley began to imitate an ideal uh, an ideal of Aryan perfection. So she bleached her hair and applied uh, thick crimson lipstick. She even changed her style of clothing. Like, she, especially for during that time, she was dressing a little too racy and a little too risky. She would wear these, like, long boots with, like, short skirts and, like, leather jackets, like... Hot. I guess. <laughs> I suppose. Well, in the 70s, I guess it was hot. Well, you said the no, 50s. this is 50s going into the 60s, basically. Oh, so that's very provocative. Very. Very. So, Brady was her first lover. Occasionally, he would drug her and pose her in various pornographic positions and take pictures of her. Of his girlfriend? Of his girlfriend, yeah, Heinle. Heinle. And at one point... um, And she knew this? She knew this because he would, like, show her the pictures. He's like, look, babe. Look what I did last night while you were sleeping. You look so hot. Yeah. When did this happen? (laughs) Apparently, she, like, confronted... uh, She confronted an... And a friend that... She can confide in a oh, friend. Oh, fuck. I can't even talk today. Drink your beer. I'm like, confronted, and I knew that was the wrong she word, too. She <laughs> confronted her friend and got mad and then asked her for advice. She confided in a friend that uh, she knew he was doing this. And I don't know if she really was, like, afraid of it or if she didn't like it or whatever it was. But eventually... I'm sorry. She had written a letter to her friend confining of these hmm. situations and then later More she evidence yes but later before anything actually happened she told her friend to rip up the letters and throw them away and do you think she really did i don't know what do you mean you don't know you're the one who wrote it you know, oh, you're the one who looked right. up the whole <laughs> no she said that she did so i'm assuming that her friend followed through i believe her I don't know why, but I believe her. (laughs) Stupid. Okay, so slowly but surely, she began distancing herself from her family and her friends. Brady's control over Heinle increased. He had found a partner who was willing to venture into a sadistic, macabre, into a sadistic, macabre world, and... Macabre. Why? Macabre. It's not macabre. Fuck, I can't even read today. Drink your beer again. 
Jeez. I can't read my handwriting. That's what the problem is. I scribbled some of it. I didn't think I was a smart one in this podcast. I'm very smart. I just can't read my uh, handwriting. Apparently. I write everything by hand. The old-fashioned way. Macabre. <laughs> <laughs> You're a macabre. You're a macabre. Just kidding. You're a parrot. You are. Okay. So... Right. So, highly uh, experienced pleasure from their perverse and brutal world. Right? So, slowly their interest would turn into committing the perfect crime. On July 12th, 1963, 16-year-old Pauline Reed was walking down Froxmer Street when... Wait, is this still in Scotland, you said? This is in England. Well, he was from Scotland, right? Because I remember you saying Scotland. Yeah, he was born in Glasgow, Scotland. Okay, there you go. But this is like Manchester, Manchester, England. Ooh. Ooh. Big name. Okay, so Pauline Reed is walking down Froxmer Street sometime around 8 p.m. Uh, and after driving around for several hours, Bradley, um, Bradley, the fuck? Well, you, you don't know how to read your handwriting again? Does that say... Shut up. Does that Shut say up. bright? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's this beer, man. Okay, so Brady signals to Henley to stop for Pauline and offer her a ride. He's on a motorcycle, like, somewhere further away from her, and the she's in the car. Um, not really spying on oh, her, it's but... A, it's a sting. A it's scam. a sting, yeah, basically. They... It's a setup. It's, yeah, obviously it's a setup. So what happens is, uh, Pauline just happened to be a schoolmate of Heinle's sister. A and what? A schoolmate? A classmate. Oh, schoolmate. She was a classmate of Heinle's sister and saw nothing strange about taking a ride from her. Heinle would ask her to help search Saddleworth Moore for an expensive lost glove. And Saddleworth Moore is kind of like this embankment. Um, I'll, s- I'll post a picture of it on the Instagram page, but it's like this embankment, uh, like secluded area. Embankment? Does it mean what? Like a... Um, little bridged area? Little... Not bridge necessarily, but almost like... Um, a hillside? Kind of like a hillside. Okay. I tried to look it up, and then it told me it was like a moorland, so I'm like, that's not even a fucking explanation, so what the okay, fuck? Okay, then we have to look for what a moorland is. Yeah, I guess. It's an embankment. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. Okay, so while you look that up. Brady would meet the two shortly afterward on a motorcycle. Henley later claimed that she waited in the car while Brady went with Pauline to the moor where he beat, raped, and murdered her. She had nearly been decapitated by two cuts to the throat, including a four-inch incision incision across her voice box. According to Brady, Henley was present during the killing and participated in the sexual assault. In... Did you find it? Yes, I got it. Do tell. It is a uh, an embankment is an area of material used to support a roadway or to hold back water. Yeah, actually, that's about right because in one of the 
you'll see why, but there's a ravine and stuff. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. In the early evening of November 23rd, 1963, Brady and uh, Henley offered 12-year-old John Kilbride a ride home. With the promise of a bottle of sherry, the couple told John they had to take a detour to search for a lost glove in the moor. Once reaching the moor, Henley waited in the car while Brady took John only to rape him and kill him by Wait, slitting his throat. What's the moor? The moor. The saddle worth more. Oh, there we go. I'm just going to call it the moor. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? More what? <laughs> <laughs> I want some more. Okay, so Brady would uh, rape and kill John by slitting his throat with a six-inch serrated blade before strangling him with a shoelace, then burying him. During the evening of June 16, 1964, 12-year-old Keith Bennett was walking to his grandmother's house when Henley approached him and asked for his help in loading boxes into her truck. Brady was in the back of the van waiting to attack. Whoa. They drove to the Saddleworth Moor, Henley stood and watched from the embankment while Brady sexually assaulted Keith in a ravine. A piece of string... Oh, shit. Uh, before strangling him to death with a piece of string. Okay. And burying his body. And a ravine is? A ravine. I believe it's like a small river. Kind of. I don't want to say a river, but it has water. It's a body of water. First episode of the year, everybody. Yes. <laughs> and this is my research. Anyway. Yeah, and she's the one that does great research. Hey, 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 hey. Leave a comment. Hey. Don't leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, okay, what do we continue on with the ravine? Just for that, okay, so it is. See, it's a landform that is narrower than a canyon and is often the product of stream-cutting erosion. Yes, I knew that. Then forget you. Then why are you asking me? No, I didn't ask you. I told you. Whatever. Okay. So, Keith's <clears throat> body would actually never be found. Spoiler alert. Oh, thanks. On December 26, 1964, 10-year-old Leslie Ann Downey was celebrating box Boxing Day at the fairgrounds when Heinle and Brady approached her and deliberately dropped some packages they were carrying. They asked her to help in taking the items to their car, then to their house. First of all, a uh, red flag. N- never, ever should an adult ever ask a child for any kind of assistance. That's just, that's weird. You are carrying shit, and then you drop it, and then you ask the kid to help you carry it? Is it just me, or is that a little bit weird? Um, it's a little bit weird. I mean, a little bit. Yeah. You shouldn't be. When you said that, I thought about the your friend's podcast. Which friend? Oh, yes. Uh, is this a thing, or am I crazy? Is it me, or is it a little bit weird? <laughs> <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> Shout out to Leslie and Maritza. Oh, Coolest podcast. I'm waiting for more episodes to come out. I've been waiting and I'm waiting. But anyway, do you check know what out. Boxing Day is? 
No, I wasn't really sure. I guess the old term in England is a Christmas box, and Britain is a name for a Christmas present. Oh. Boxing Day was traditionally a day off for servants and the day when they received a Christmas box from their master. The servants would also go home on Boxing Day to give Christmas boxes to their families. The name is a reference to charity drives. Oh, maybe. I mean, it is the day after Christmas, so. I don't know if that necessarily means what it means now or what they do now, but. Yeah, maybe not now, but that is back the in the day. Definition of that. Thank you. Okay. True product. Well, more on tab, but we make the research work. <laughs> By bringing it to you live, or maybe not live, but it, on it the may, spot. It may not be true, but it's out there. <laughs> but we talk about it. <laughs> so they ask this little girl for help with their packages, and I don't know why the hell they tell her like, "All right, well, you brought him to the car, so help us take him to the house." And she's like, "Okay." Well, that's what you should probably do, you know. No, we just talked about this for five minutes. No child should be helping any adults. Oh, it's a child. Yeah, she's a ten-year-old little oh, girl. I thought you had like somebody like no. Um, you know how people These are like two grown-ass mofo's dropped fucking packages on the floor to deliberately fucking lure her in, and then they ask this ten-year-old be like, "Hey, can you help me carry this shit to my car, and then like maybe take it to our house, and you can help us there?" Wait, first of all, what was this ten-year-old doing by herself? Well. I don't know. Exactly. She's celebrating. <laughs> celebrating Boxing Day. But she day. was. She was alone, and they spotted that, and they noticed it, and that's why they targeted her. Okay. okay. So, at the house, Laz, oh, Leslie is undressed. Drink again. Drink again. There you go. Mm. Beer's done with. That's the last of my beer. So, Leslie is undressed, gagged, and forced to pose for obscene photographs. Highly recorded... The rape and torture done by Bradley. Fuck! I keep saying Bradley. <laughs> Sorry. She is pissed, everybody. <laughs> she is an angry drunk. I have to deal with this all the time. <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> Why are you so, looking at me? <laughs> so, Heinley records the rape and the torture done by Brady on audio tape. And, side note, I'm not laughing at what's happening. We're just laughing because... Because we're, we're dumb. drinking. Anyway. Not because we're drinking. We're just dumb. We try yes. to we try to liven up the mood we a little bit. can't say this is a comedy podcast. We're not really comedians, but we just can't Speak stop laughing. At least yourself. me. <laughs> I can't stop laughing. I think it's a nervous tick. But anyway. Okay, You're nervous? So, not at all. So, she just has ticks. Yes. So. Where was I? All right. Okay. So Leslie's eventually killed. Here we go. By strangulation. <laughs> <laughs> and the next morning, Brady and Henley drove, uh, drive Leslie's body to. Can you guess where? Um, Manchester. No, Saddleworth Moor. Oh, okay. Yes. If you haven't figured it out by now, that's why they're called the Moor Murders. Whoa. Yes. So. And they bury this little girl's body in a shallow grave, and they kind of, like, dump her clothes in to the gravesite with her. It's like, okay. So, on October 6, 1965, 17-year-old Edward Evans was lured from Manchester Central to Hinley's and Brady's home. Hinley, 
Uh, Henley's 18-year-old brother-in-law, David Smith, was also visiting at the same time. So Brady had made attempts to recruit David in the couple's crimes. Like, he knew that um, uh, David Smith was kind of like, like a bad boy at that time. Like, he had been in trouble before. He had been incarcerated at this... Not incarcerated, but I think he just... Uh, been in juvenile detention centers before and like blah 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 and he had mentioned to uh brady about committing like bank robberies and shit like that Wait, so there's a guy named brady i thought his name was bradley no his name is brady oh Ian you've been saying brady. bradley this whole no, time no i haven't i've been saying brady <laughs> i know I'm i've been joking. saying brady. i'm joking <laughs> don't tell me that because i'm gonna assume i did okay so right so he's talking about committing all these crimes and shit and Brady thinks, like, he would be a good recruitment. So, Brady creeps in. Uh, we're back in the house, by the way. So, Brady crept up on Yes, we Edward. were outside before. We were. So, Brady creeps up on Edward <laughs> in the kitchen and smashes his head in with an axe. Edward screams in agony and... Wait, how do you smash someone's head in with an axe? Right. Isn't that the sharp part? The I'm other part? I'm guessing it's the sharp part because then he's making cuts. Unless you do the other part. Well, then. smashing and cutting up is different. Yeah. You're telling me. That was oh. a detail I found. It said it was smashed, so. Wow. Take it how you will. Okay, so. Uh, Edward screams and shocked and scared. David was afraid that he would be the next victim. So he helps Brady and uh, Henley clean up the crime scene. They wrap up the victim's body in a sheet and they place a and they place it they place the body in an upstairs bedroom. Smith promised to return in the morning and help dispose of the body with his truck. Okay. He was scared shitless. So what does he do? He waits until the next morning and around 6 a.m., he calls the police. He's basically armed himself all night long with a screwdriver and a bread knife just in case because he's afraid that they're going to come after him. A bread knife? Um, again and a bread knife. This is like the third podcast episode with bread knives in it. I don't know what the fuck people are doing with these goddamn bread knives, but now I need to look it up. Oh, see? I told you. Remember I told you it's like it has... Okay. Yes, I know. Some of them are sharp. Some of them are serrated. But it has these, like, jagged teeth on them. Yeah, serrated. You're serrated. Oh, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. But then it has, like... It's not fully, like, pointy at the end. It has, like, this curvature. Yeah, it's, like, sort of rounded out. Yeah. But anyway, that's kind of cool. Ooh, that one's kind of cheap. Anyway. Because nobody likes to stab their bread. <laughs> well... Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, <laughs> 6 a.m., he calls the police, and they arrive at Henley and Brady's home, requesting to search it, only to eventually find the body in the locked room. So what happens is they check the entire room, they check the entire house, and um, they can't find anything except for this one locked door, and they're like, we want to check in there, and she's like, no, I don't have the key. And they're like, well, where's the key? She's like, oh, I left it at my workplace in my office. So they're like, all right, well, well, then we'll go with you down to your office to get the key. And she's like, oh, uh, she tries to stall. And Brady comes in. He's like, you know what? Just give him the key. Just let them see. 
So Brady's eventually arrested for uh, murder and Hindley is actually not arrested until another four days later. So what does she do as an accessory to the murder, by the way? So what does she do? She like has this time to like go to work and tell her work that she's not going to be in for a while just so she can collect unemployment. So she like pretty much like quits her job to be like, hey, I'm not going to make it. So don't fire me. But whatever. She pretty much tries to get all of her ducks in a row before anything happens to her. And four days later, they come and they arrest her, too. That's pretty wild. David Smith would tell police about a suitcase stuffed with items related to the crimes. Investigators found the suitcase at the railway station and it contained pornographic photos of a young girl and tape recordings of her screaming for help. Eventually, the mother's, uh, the mother would identify the voice and as Leslie Ann Downey. Leslie Ann Downey? Yes. One of the victims, right? Okay. Are we talking about a younger person again? This is the 10-year-old. Oh, it's the same 10-year-old? Yes, the same 10-year-old. So why did it take you so long to give us a name? I did give you the name. You weren't listening. I was listening. I Apparently. Just... You know what? Apparently. Okay. Leslie and Down. We'll call her L.A.D. Sure. Okay. And it's Downey. That's what I just said. You said Down. Downey, Downs. <laughs> okay, so John Kilbride's uh, name would be found written in a book. Many pictures in the suitcase were taken at the Saddleworth Moor. So the Saddleworth Moor is in a lot of the picture, like, landscapes um, of many of the p- photographs. So they could, you know, use their house as a guide and be like, oh, this was here. Well, I mean, these dumbasses took them took fucking pictures of them of themselves, like, with this landscape in the background and shoved it in the suitcase with all the other fucking evidence that was going to be used against them selfie oh my goodness so (laughs) suspecting the couple had been involved in cases of missing children a search party of the moors was organized leslie ann downey and john kilbride's bodies were discovered during the search the trial began april 19 1966 brady was charged with the murder later Mm -hmm. okay i mean not that long they well, it started off in the 50s, no? Not necessarily. It started in the 60s. So, Brady was charged with the murder of Edward Evans, John Kilbride, and Leslie Ann Downey. Hinley was charged with murdering Edward Evans and Leslie Ann Downey. And for her um, harboring of Brady, knowing that he had killed John Kilbride. Harboring a fugitive. Yes. Hinley and Bradley... Fuck. Hinley and Brady would both be... Would both plead not guilty. And on May 6, 1966, after just two hours of deliberation, jury returned with a guilty verdict of all charges for both Hinley and Brady. Brady? No. Brady was sentenced... Although I did write Bradley on my paper. Wow. Brady was sentenced... Where we keep it raw. (laughs) Where we only edit... What we think should be edited. (laughs) So, Brady was sentenced to three terms of life imprisonment. And Hinley received two life sentences and a concurrent seven-year sentence. 
So in addition to all of that jazz, what happens is um, Ian Brady spends the first 19 years of his incarceration at the Durham prison. In November 1985, he is moved to the Ashworth Psychiatric Hospital after being diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Myra Hinley suffered a brain aneurysm in 1999 and died in prison on November 15, 2002 from complications brought on by heart disease. Wow. Reportedly, over 20 undertakers refused to cremate her remains. Why? I don't know. They just, maybe they didn't want to be associated with, you know. Basically, this was considered, um, Brady and Henley were considered one of the most grisly serial killers in Great, Great Britain's history. So maybe they just didn't want to be associated with that. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, no. For the most part. Jeez. <laughs> oh, okay. For the most part. There's a lot of back and forth, and Brady allegedly confesses to the murders of Pauline and Kenneth Keith Bennett. Um, but when they interview him again, he's very uncooperative, and he doesn't talk about it again. In November of 1986, Henley received a letter from Keith Bennett's mother begging for Henley to give her information about her hu- about her son's disappearance and Henley agrees to like look at the photos because his body was never found so she agrees to look at the photos and try to find like identify where they could have been or where they could have placed him but um she's unable to identify any of the locations where uh, Keith Bennett was. They weren't able to identify or confirm? Confirm. Okay. So she was useless. Next week, I'm doing the true crime episode. Yes. No, yeah, why? I'm going to do a beer. But why? Anyway, uh, on July 1st, <laughs> 1987. 1987. Okay. Damn. Pauline Reed's body was found buried uh, in a shallow grave close to where Brady and Brady had buried Leslie Ann Downey. Two days later, Brady was taken to the moor, but claimed that the landscape had changed too much and he was unable to help in the search for Keith Bennett's body. The following month, the search was called off indefinitely. So all of the bodies were found except for Keith Bennett. You know what? This sounds kind of familiar now. Does it? Once you said that part, I think it sounds a little bit more familiar. Than what it was before. Maybe. Not the Moors. Not the Saddleworth Moors, but... No, because and also you were confusing me because you said Bradley and... I said Brady and, most and Brady, of the part. so... I said Bradley like twice. Anywho's, so that's the Moor murders. The Moors... Let's say the Saddleworth Moors murder. Saddleworth... Saddleworth Moors... Moors murders. Yes. But in general, it's called the Moore's Murders. And look them yes. up. I'm sure you have, might have some. You might be able to find some little story on it, like on YouTube or something. Yeah, definitely. There's like, like a, a one part, a thing. two part. Um, 
there's i'm sure there's a lot of podcasts that have covered it so no there hasn't maybe so you're supposed to listen to this podcast if you want to hear about it this podcast and only this podcast no i'm just kidding no but there are some youtube clips um if you want to get a well obviously we'll post pictures of the suspects brady and hindley on our instagram page and i'll see if i can find some pictures of the victims and along with i saw a picture of the moor like a map of the moor on wikipedia so i'll be sure to post that as well just to give you an idea what the fuck i'm talking about because just by her saying it we do not know what the fuck she's talking about <laughs> not at all considering <laughs> i said bradley 18 times i said it twice i did exactly any who's would you like to get take us into the a-ok of the week jose the first a-ok of the week well actually the first a-ok of the year Woo. um is by good news network our buddies and uh well not really our buddies but our source of good news and uh the headline reads Quick-thinking doctor saves man's life mid-flight after making makeshift catheter out of oxygen mask and straw. Ugh, mid-flight. That has to be, like, my time. biggest <laughs> fear ever. Worst time, like, you have something happen. It's bad enough being up in the air, shitting bricks for being up in the air, and then some... Well, something some like that. Enjoy has to... flying, but... Yeah, I know, but I'm talking about myself. <laughs> I don't think we're one of those people. I mean, I like. No, I don't. I don't. You I like don't. going places, but not flying. I like going places. I just don't like flying. Okay, here we go. It says some people. Well, what we were just saying. Some people might dislike <laughs> flying because of the food or lack of leg room. I hate it because there's no leg room. Yeah. No, I don't. I'm tiny, so it doesn't really affect me. So I guess that means I'm huge. Well. Okay. <laughs> For others, it might be the danger of succumbing to a sudden medical emergency. Unfortunately, for a Chinese man on a 13-hour flight from Guangzhou, Guangzhou, whichever one it is. Sorry, if Where I misspelled it. I mean, mispronounced it. Uh, from Guangzhou to New York where, back in November. Where? Where is? China. Oh, just kidding. I knew that. I just, uh, oh, you that said was, Chinese man. Just kidding. Sorry. That was exactly what he was dealing with. <laughs> and you see what I'm dealing with. <laughs> the unidentified man who had a history of prostate enlargement was in severe pain aboard the Boeing 787 on a China Southern flight Z, uh, CZ399 when a quick-thinking doctor stepped in to save the day. Dr. Zhang Hong was later hailed as a hero after his actions ended up saving the impatient, sorry, saving the patient from a possibly life-threatening bladder complication. So not only is this guy having this medical condition up in the air during his 13-hour flight, but it happens to be on his prostate? <laughs> well, he's had a history of prostate problems. I know, but, but how shitty is that? I like, guess this was something about his bladder. It couldn't be bad enough that it was already a medical condition. Now it's your prostate on top of that? It wasn't That's his a... prostate. It's a, it's a bladder condition this time. 
he has history of prostate oh. problems. But this seems to be his bladder. Yeah, but still. Okay, let me continue, please. I mean a catheter. Thank you very much. Oh. The plane was still six hours away from his destination when Dr. Hong was forced to construct a catheter out of a straw, a syringe, and the plastic tube of an oxygen mask so he could suck 800 milliliters of urine urine out Ooh. of the patient's bladder over the course of 37 heroin minutes. Quote, if we had, had, if we had not dealt with the situation in time, the patient's life would have been at risk, said Dr. Hong, who is head of vascular surgery at the first affiliated hospital of Jinan University. Um, <clears throat> well, he actually told that to the South China Morning Post, which I believe is a Chinese newspaper. I might be wrong. Or it might just be a morning newspaper. Morning Post. In the end, Hong downplayed his actions, remarking on how saving lives is in his instincts, and so the extreme nature of the intervention never crosses his mind. Never crossed his mind. His first priority was simply figuring out how to draw out the urine and ease the pain of the man who he described as being hardly able to bear it anymore. Oh, I bet. This guy... Is a hero. Talking about a act of kindness or an act of heroism heroism major this guy sucked I mean, out 800 milliliters of pee out of this guy that guy got very lucky there Which, was a doctor I don't know on how the much plane milliliters i don't think is that much wait 800 800 i would assume 800 is quite a bit isn't like a syringe actually i don't know never mind i'm not and from a little syringe and a catheter so like a straw you're pretty much Drinking, well, not drinking it, but you're pretty much tasting the whole thing. Just well, no, he said he had a thing. You suck it out with the straw, though. You think it didn't touch his lips at all any time? No, you said he had a he had the pump from the from the face mask, right, or something? Oh yeah, that's right. Oh my god, you're the one telling the story. That is right. Maybe <laughs> he I'm, had the pump from the face mask or whatever the hell it was. Maybe I just got stuck on, you know. Yeah, I just got stuck on. Sucking pee out of a bladder in a straw. Oh my goodness. Well, he's not sucking it with his mouth. I mean, if it had to come down to that, I'm sure he probably. No, 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 sorry. It wasn't a pump. It was the plastic tube of an oxygen mask. Oh. So, so then pretty maybe much he a little still hose. was. So it was. There was. Then he probably <clears throat> still was. But I wonder if it's like a. You know how they like. Or a ciphered gas? I think it, I don't like, think you know it just I mean? comes out just like that. But imagine if it did. You can't make it stop. And there's just pee everywhere. Well, <laughs> great. Now I ruined the flight for everybody else. No, but uh, that's you great. You got pee on somebody's peanuts. I'm not saying uh, shove a catheter in anybody and start sucking out their urine, but. Unless they really need it. No, unless you're a doctor, don't do it. Oh, yeah, that's that. true, too. <laughs> you have to be a doctor or a nurse. A licensed nurse. Yeah, I guess. They know what, to, what they're or doing. Or not even if you're licensed. Maybe if you know what to do and do it correctly, then go for it. Help somebody out. Uh, and we'll leave it at that. I want to agree, <laughs> but I'm not sure how that works. Oh, in well, the U.S. at least. Well, that was our uh, 
act of kindness. That was pretty cool. I mean, cheers um, to that guy for saving the other guy's life. To that doctor for saving the I just wonder how much pain he was going through. His bladder was hurting so bad that Uh, it could have... Could it have ruptured? Is that what happened? Maybe, because they said it was life-threatening pretty much. Oh, shit. That's the last time that guy travels... Ugh, it's the last time that guy drinks so much soda before he gets on the plane. <laughs> uh, well, very cool. Uh, okay, okay, of the week. Good chose it. Go chose. Good. Go chose. Hosing. Never mind. <laughs> Good choice. Choice of a okay for the week. That's Thank what happens. You. I appreciate with beer. your feedback and other good stuff. Oh my goodness. Okay, well anyway, thanks for joining us for the first episode of 2020. Catch us back here next week, and always remember to follow, like, and subscribe. And if you're up for it, give us a review, and maybe rate it. If you don't want to, don't. It's cool too. If you don't want to listen to us, fuck you. Don't listen to us. (laughs) Don't say that. I'm just kidding. Listen to us if you don't like us, regardless. (laughs) No, don't do that. There's a lot of cool podcasts out there. Check them out. Just put us in the background on low volume. I don't know what I would do without my daily podcasts. Every day, just, that's all I listen to. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Anyway, that's it. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. Happy 2020. Cheers.